When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, y'all? Picking up today our on the clock draft series. We're talking about a very underrated position, in my opinion, for the Cowboys here, and that's linebackers. Fuss the King, our draft analyst, my good brother, will be joining us at the top of the hour, and we're going to talk about his top five linebackers in the NFL draft. And we got a few that we think Dan Quinn would absolutely love to have on this team so stick around for that jam-packed show also got a jam-packed uh morning roundup you know for the first time in quite some time but we're going to talk about the first quarterback domino that fell breaking news yesterday at the end of the show uh we'll briefly touch on that also a weird stat that i found very interesting a very weird stat i found interesting uh for the not just the cowboys but the league in general we'll touch on that <sighs> and then another tight end mock draft Thing that's starting to become a thing here. Well, not starting, it's been a thing, but just just prepare yourselves. That's all. Just prepare yourselves for you know the tight end thing in round one to happen. So we'll talk a little bit more about that in the roundup. Jam-packed show. Foots will be joining us later. I think we also will have Brian joining us later as well. So we'll try to get all of that in within the next hour and a half. But what's good, bomb squad? How y'all doing this morning, man? I see we talking basketball again here in the uh uh in in the comment section. Shout out to the to the Kings, man. That 2-0. 2-0 on the big bad Timberwolves, man. It's these are a, it's a scrappy team. Like I said yesterday, I feel weird rooting for them. I do. I feel very weird rooting for the Kings, but I like Fox, I like the Young Bucks, and uh looks like they got a chance, man. Looks like they got a chance to go ahead and uh get this victory. Now they got to go back home, right? Talking about the Warriors. And the Warriors play much better at home. So this thing could easily be 2-2 by the time it comes back to Sacktown. But it's all about the Lake Show, Jay. Come on now. It's all about the Lake Show. All right. Let's get into this roundup because we definitely want to talk a lot about what happened yesterday and then get to Foots uh, at, a, at a quality time. If you want to call into the show, though, you can call into the show uh, likely after Foots, 351-999-3787. You might be able to squeeze in there prior to him uh, coming on. So uh, get in where you can fit in, Cowboys Nation. Let's do it. It is time for... It's time for the Morning Roundup. Round them up, boys. Hey, yo. Hertz is first. Yep. Jalen Hurts becomes the first quarterback domino to fall in this offseason of potential extensions. Got paid yesterday, man. And for that, I feel like we got to. Jello Beats, holla at me. I know his team is doing the shmoney dance, that's for sure. 
Uh, shout out to Nicole Lynn, his agent, you know, black female agent. And shout out to her, him and her uh, management team, all female management team. That is dope. Not going to lie to you. That's 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 dope. It's fantastic. Uh, he signs a five year, two hundred and fifty five million dollar extension, one hundred and seventy nine million dollar guarantee. Average annual salary of fifty one million per year, which is first in the NFL, 110 million guaranteed at signing. Money. Here comes the money. <laughs> Here we go. Money talks. Money, money, money. Uh nah, toxic. It's listen, I'm I'm going, I'm definitely going to shout out and celebrate Nicole Lynn and her female team, man. I don't give a damn about QB market going up. Our folks just did something that doesn't happen often. So I'm going to celebrate that. Now, I put the hate to the side for a little bit and talked about him getting his bag. I'm all for the players getting a bag, you know, always for the players getting their bag. Congratulations to Hurts. Congratulations to his team. Uh, the details on Track and over the cap haven't really hit yet. Uh, but Adam Schefter tweeted this, and I have no idea how real this is. But my goodness, if it's real, geez, man. But this is apparently Jalen Hurts cap hits over the next four years. Six and a half million this year, which, okay, he's still under a rookie contract. Makes sense. 13 and a half next year. 21.7 in the third year and 31.7 in the fourth? How? Houseway. How do you get the... Third largest guaranteed contract in history of the league. The largest contract or the highest paid player in NFL history is what was what they're putting out there. But technically, Pat got like a five hundred million dollar deal. Well, yeah. And he's only going to he's not even going to count thirty two, thirty three million on a cap till after year, you know, the fourth year, third year in the in the contract. How's it possible? So I can't wait to see what this deal looks like from a detailed standpoint when Spotrack drops it and when over the cap drops it. But man, what a, what a fantastic deal for, for, for Philly, man, to get their quarterback, lock them up for a long-term deal and not really cost you a whole lot on the cap. That's why, in my opinion, getting, getting the deal done early pays off big time. Now this is going to reset the market. Actually, it's going to kind of, Bring it back to normal because of what happened with Deshaun Watson. So next up, you got Joe Burrow, you got Herbert, and you best believe that Dak and the Cowboys are watching this as well. I don't know what they're going to do, but this is going to be an interesting situation and and how they play this out is going to be huge. Do they sit back and wait again? And they saw how that happened and you have this back and forth. Dallas has never really been easy when it's come to these contract extensions with any Really, any of their players, let alone the huge money guys, whether it be quarterback, running back, wide receiver, defense, and it's always been kind of a a fight. Ain't here too much fighting with this, but it's always kind of a fight, and I think that fight has cost them sometimes in regards to uh, monies. So they got to figure this one out. If if this if they're going to roll with him, talking about Dak, they need to get this extension done. You know, it's best to just get it done. If they want to play this as, okay, we're going to wait and see another year, it's going to cost you more money. Just, 
just flat out. It's going to cost you more money. You know, he comes out here and he balls. You're now, now the price, yesterday's price is not today's price. Doesn't work out. Now you got to get rid of him and it's going to cost you dead cap money and you're starting over. You're probably setting your franchise back a few years, hopefully only a few years. But we're talking about a long road, you know, back if that's the case. So they need to figure this thing out, have a plan, attack it. Let's go. So yesterday I was on Twitter and I happened to be scrolling and Warren Sharp put out this statistic. You know, he's a stats guy. So his stat was 2022 receiving yards by receivers aligned out wide per team. The Dallas Cowboys were the seventh worst in that category. Most receiving yards aligned out wide. So I said, let me just investigate this list a little bit more. Of the top 10 teams in this category, nine made the playoffs. Four were in the championship, obviously. Of the bottom 10 teams in this category, only two made the playoffs. Oh, I'm sorry, Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore. So that'd be three. Uh, Three made the playoffs. Uh, with all the wide receiver invites that's going on right now with the Brandon Cooks trade. I think you can kind of hint that the Cowboys know that they got to get better out there, specifically out there. We talked about this a lot during the season, man. Uh, we understood why they had to move around C.D. Lamb in the slot because they didn't really have a whole lot to work with. They're doing. However, there was so many times I kept saying, you know, you know, watching things, teams aren't afraid of Michael Gallup on the outside. They're not afraid of Noah Brown, not afraid of Dennis Houston or Jalen Tobert or whoever they decided to throw out there. And that hinders you, especially when you're trying to get deep routes going with C.D. Lamb out of the slot. The safety's not worried about that guy out there. So they're going to shade and cheat towards Lamb. Getting Cooks is going to help with that. They invited seven different receivers. Not all of them are boundary dudes, but a handful of them are as well. I am still 10 toes on wanting to see C.D. Lamb operate out wide a little bit more. I'm not saying it has to be full time, but I feel like if you can make him a legitimate threat out wide, that'll open up everything else opposite of him, a la Amari Cooper, what he did for the wide receiving court. So the biggest question mark surrounding this offense to me isn't necessarily the the talent, the players. It's how is McCarthy going to utilize them? It's a fun question mark because it's something new for the last four years. If you really want to go back beyond that 15 years, we kind of knew what to expect from this offense. We don't know what to expect. I have no idea how they're going to use CD lamb, no idea how they're going to use uh, cooks, et cetera, et cetera. But that stat was interesting, man. Nine of the top 10 in the playoffs, only three of the bottom 10 um, were in the playoffs. And as you can see, those teams, New York, Dallas, and Baltimore, you could argue had probably bottom 10 receiving course. Not even argue. The Giants and, and Baltimore did. Dallas, yeah, I know we got C.D. Lamb, but let's be real. It was Lamb and that was it. So just a very interesting stat by uh, Warren Sharp. 
Here we go again. Same old dog, just a different day. Dane Brugler, our guy, Dane. I feel like he's our guy because Cowboys, you know, he was doing a draft show with Dallas. I feel like the Cowboys helped make him, you know, help get him ready. Dane is fantastic, but doesn't help to have the Cowboys star on your resume. Dane Brugler. Not only did he select Michael Mayer in his latest mock draft, he he's done so with the league source telling him that Dallas won't pass. Here's his quote. As one plugged in league source told me about Mayer and the Cowboys, I just can't see Dallas passing. He also said, quote, the Cowboys are looking for a tight end who can hold his own as a blocker but also move the sticks as a receiving threat. If Mayer makes it this far, it's a good bet he'll have a star on his helmet. We did the tight end stuff last week with Foots, right? And we both agreed here that Mayer is the the most complete tight end in this this draft, right? If Dallas is looking for that specifically, a guy who could hold his own and, and move the sticks from receiving threat, Mayer is going to give you the highest floor as a combo guy. He's ready-made right now. Like, that's the whole thing. I, I don't want to get anyone mistaken here. I like a lot of these damn tight ends. I don't like it at 26. <laughs> but if you're talking about which one could come in, plug and play, and you're ready to go right now to do blocking things and do receiving things, Mayer's the guy. Mayer has the highest floor from both. The ceiling, that's, that's a different debate. But the floor, he can come in right now, do blocking things for you, and, and do passing pass catching things for you. I don't think that's technically Kincaid. I don't think Kincaid is going to come in here and hold his own as a blocker. Washington can hold his own as a blocker, but I don't think his floor is as high as a receiver right now. So, you know, those are two opposite type of tight ends where Mayer gives you kind of the best of both worlds right now. You could argue the ceiling is higher for the other two, sure. But Mayer is, is the plug and play type of guy. Now, how do you make sense of this pick, right? Let's just try to make sense of it. Let's pretend it happens. If I had to make sense of this pick, it feels to me like it's a BPA situation. When Dane says, plugged in source told him that they can't see Dallas passing on him, it sounds like, man, they, they might have him graded really high, right? And if he happens to be there at 26, he's likely going to be the only first round graded guy still there. Maybe there's another one, but this could be a situation where they say, look, we only got 12, 13, 14, whatever, 15 round one graded guys in in mayor. Let's just say he's 11. I don't know. We're just throwing numbers out there. They could say, man, look, we got the 11th guy staring at our face at 26. I can't pass on that. And they could justify it by saying, Hey, look, well, we just lost Dalton Schultz and we don't got a lot of, uh, we don't have a lot of pro- production from the rookies from last year. And they can try to say, yeah, we'll make it make sense. That's that's where if, if what that's what it feels like to me, like a BPA situation. Mayor is so high on our board, we can't pass on. Now, how do I make the fit make sense? Well, if they're looking for a guy who, quote, can hold their own as a blocker and move this move the sticks as a receiver. Y'all know how I feel. I feel like we've got that on the roster already. You know, 
And the second guy isn't a bad option either in regards to Peyton Hendershot as a part of a, you know, a stable or potential running mate. However, if they're looking for a traditional inline guy, that's what I was talking about a lot when it came to Kincaid and Washington and Mayer. Then Mayer makes sense. But they got that guy. <laughs> that guy, man. So to me, this just screams, we can't pass on the best player available if he's there. I think their contingency is Washington and not Kincaid. If I'm reading between the lines, I feel like their contingency is Washington because they want a guy that can be in line, that can be the Y, that can do a lot of the blocking things, that can get out and, and catch underneath passes and, and, and get upfield. I don't get the sense that they're looking for a Darren Waller, Kyle Pitts type that's going to play wide receiver and, and run 20 yards down the field half the damn time. I feel like they want that traditional inline guy. And Mayer, Ferguson, Washington, those guys fit the bill where Hendershot can continue to develop as a, a blocker and be your move guy. So as we stand right now, a week out almost to the draft, if I had to guess, if I had to guess, it feels like Mayer and Washington are their two, two preferred early tight ends. I prefer they don't go tight end early. I'm not saying they don't have to take a tight end at all. I just, I don't like it at 26 unless that's what's on the board and it's so high on your draft board that you got to take the position. But even then, you know, I got to see what's there. It's kind of where I'm at with it. I have to see what else is sitting there for me to kind of be initially like right away soon as soon as it happens on board but it won't take me it won't take me long Amir is a good player uh this we're not talking about a bum here I think this is a good player but are you going to feature the offense around him are you going to include him in that in that manner I don't know I don't know but I think there is something to it, Cowboys Nation. They wouldn't be. I shouldn't say they. I shouldn't say they. Dane, I don't think, would come out and say this willy-nilly. I think there is something to it, obviously. We heard Broadus earlier in the in the offseason talk about how, you know, hey, tight end could potentially be up there as well. So we'll see. Linebackers, too. We'll get to that here in a second, about 10 more minutes. We'll, we'll get to the linebackers. I think linebackers are sneaky potential round one situation too. tight end and linebacker feel like those kind of a lot of people don't want those those picks at 26 in general but I feel like we got to talk about it because it may happen so here we are again which feels like the third week in a row Cowboys Nation I'm asking y'all about Michael Mayer so here's what I want to ask I don't really want to ask y'all about the player because I think we all can agree this is a good player Asked this last week. Me and Tuck went back and forth on it. Does it make sense for you? It really is, is the question at hand. If you be, if you don't believe in, in Ferguson and Hendershot's development, continued development, then I think you can make sense of it. But if you believe in, in Ferguson and Hendershot's development and potentially another, you know, day two, day three tight end, then it doesn't, it probably does not make sense to you. Uh, but, but not the most sense that's, does it make sense or not? 
<laughs> toxic. It makes sense, but not but not the most sense. I mean, so it don't make sense. They keep trying to push tight end on us in the first round. Mark says I like our tight end room. Maybe maybe a day three. Good player makes sense. It's just boring. She. I think it's more it's more exciting than some of the offensive line picks because offensive linemen aren't skill type players. D- Danny, Danny, you kill me with this. If the Cowboys don't take a a guard or tackle in round one, Danny, you just assume the draft is over. Why y'all do this? There's more than one round, bro. Uh, Jaws, there has to be a smoke screen, make zero sense, or 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 least needed position. So much smoke this time of year. <laughs> Professor O said, Dan, you get seven rounds to figure that out. It's, it's wild. You know, I feel like we got to keep reminding fans that, you know, the draft isn't one day. It's actually three days. It's actually seven rounds. Yeah. Uh, Dane did not have us even drafting a running back with seven picks, says Danny. Oh, we'll talk about that. In fact, we're going to revisit the whole draft, I think. So maybe we'll do it tomorrow because I know a lot of y'all have been sending me some mock drafts. Uh, either tomorrow or Friday, we're going to revisit Dane's full mock draft, but we're going to do the grade to mock situation. The draft is next Thursday, Chris. This is, honestly, tight end might, this, this whole tight end question mark might be either the biggest swerve of modern Dallas Cowboys draft history, right? Because this is getting a lot of talk. Like y'all said, smoke screen, swerve, whatever. Or the biggest surprise, in my opinion. They don't take tight end in round one. Tight end historically does not work out for you in the first contract in round in round one. And don't really need it in round one either so it would be either the biggest swerve like ah gotcha we're not taking tight end we just wanted y'all to think so so we getting this player right or yeah we're taking this guy we're going to go against all of what you know history has shown and we aren't really high on the guys we have and we think that we can get the most out of a mayor out of a Kincaid out of a Washington right away if we're being honest Lawrence says the frustrating part about tight end in the first round is that we have at least two guys right now that we are excited about. Uh, tight end isn't even a direct need. Maybe they, maybe they aren't excited about these guys. Maybe they aren't. I am. You know, I, I think what Ferguson was able to do from a blocking department, what he was able to do from a yak department, you see him out there with Dak right now. Hendershot's athletic ability to get upfield. You got you can do some fun things with these two guys on the field together. Uh, you just gotta trust your development. Interestingly enough, that's the one position you would think they would trust their development at. I mean, look what you had with these two rookies, plus you developed Dalton Schultz. Granted, you know, two different tight end coaches within his time frame. I don't know, man. T-Dub says luxury pick. Here's the other thing you you, you, kind of can think about. It's going to be really hard to be angry at whatever they decide to do in round one because of how historically, or at least over the last decade, how great they've been in round one. 
I don't think anyone is touching the Cowboys round one track record. I mean, I haven't really looked, but I'd be hard pressed to find a, like a 90% hit rate over the last decade. So it's just going to be really hard for me to, to say, okay, look, if they're taking this guy, will McClay know something? McClay, or not McClay, McCarthy is like, hey, we're going to feature this guy. We need this type in the offense, et cetera, et cetera. So I hate to use this word because I heard Sixers fans do this for years, and it paid off like seven years later. And we heard Jason Garrett use this, this phrase forever. God damn it, I got to trust the goddamn process, don't I? <laughs> I got to trust the process, Cowboys Nation. There's a few Garrett-isms that I don't mind. Stacking good days on top of good days. Trust the process is, it scars me a little bit, though. I ain't gonna lie to you. Uh, what we got here? A couple minutes. I'll right, sneak you in here. 806. Hold up, I didn't mute y'all. Now let's get 806 in the building. What's good, 806? Hey, what's up? Uh, this is Drew from West Texas. What's up, Drew from West Texas? Hey, um, so what, uh, what, uh, sorry, I'm nervous. <laughs> First oh, time calling. It's all good, man. What's on your mind? You, you, you want to talk about the tight ends? Yeah, I was wanting to go and talk about the tight ends. So, um, what I think is I think that this could be like a tell of like what the Cowboys are planning to do, right? Because I think that um, I think that they saw that three tight end set, and I think that they want to get back to that. So I think that Merrick, right, kind of gives you that ability to do it, whereas like Washington kind of gives you a tell that because he's more of a blocking guy, and uh, Kincaid gives you more of a tell because he's a receiving guy. Merrick, you can kind of set out there. They don't know what they're going to do um, so, to kind of set up that three tight end set that they that they had with Schultz. So I think yeah. that that's a, I think that I think that they're trying to go and lead to what they're going to go and do in the in the season. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that was a fun set they used against, I believe it was Chicago. They brought it back in, in a different way against Green Bay. They didn't use it a whole lot. Uh, and I often hear that, you know, from, from fans, right? Oh, that three tight end set. But in reality, that's probably going to be, what, 2%, 5 max probably of all the plays you use. Um, so, you yeah. know, I, I hope that they don't say, hey, look, man, we love that tight end set so much. We're going to justify drafting a tight end in round one so we can use it we could bump that usage up to 12%, 10% or what have you. Uh, technically, Peyton mm-hmm. Hendershot w- was not looked at as a, a guy that was a dual guy. So he, you could argue, hey, m- maybe he's a tell, right? But with mm-hmm. Mayer, I think Mayer is just he's just a guy that's going to give you a high floor as a blocker and, and, and a receiver. He, he's going to be able to do whatever you want to do at the tight end position for you. Uh, so, you know, yeah. you, whether it's Mayer, whether it's Kincaid, whether it's Washington, you can still run that set. Uh, you know, but but Mayer, I think, is the most complete coming in right now. And we'll see about a ceiling once it gets in there. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I don't I think that a first round pick or a first round pick is too rich for my blood as well. But like I'm trying to like think of like why the Cowboys would yeah, do it. Making it make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, yeah. 
if I if like, we're just we're just talking, right? We're just throwing stuff out there. I, if I had to guess, I just think it would be they like him so much so that they they look at him as a top fifteen prospect, and they're they're picking at twenty six. So the value to them would be too great to pass up on, right? We all, we talk about BPA. They're going to come out. They're going to take Mayer, right? And then they're, you know what you know what you know what Jerry's going to do. I don't know if you saw last year's draft. Jerry going to say, look. Mayor is my 10th rated player. He's going to show the world so he can justify the pick, right? And if that's the case, then it makes sense to me. If they come out and say, hey, we like what we got in Ferguson and Hendershot, but we think Mayor can be, you know, our Jason Kelsey. That's what they, or Travis Kelsey. That's what they, you know, the words have been flying around Dallas. Then okay, it, you know, it, it makes sense. But I think we kind of have to wait and see how all that falls out, though. Gotcha. Yep, I agree. Oh, All right, Professor well, o. I'll let you go back to your show, and uh, uh, you have a good one. Thanks, man. Good call. Professor good call. O, you, 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 you can't be doing that, Professor O. Pro- Professor O, you can't be doing that, though. We're going to get back to that. We're we, we going to get back to that a little bit later. All right, let's kind of let's, let's turn the page here, man. Let's get to the tight ends. Of the defense, <laughs> if I'm if I'm going to use our Jameis Winston, you know, a little bit over on the volume show, Vashon Barry Live, make sure I check that out, 306 Central. Uh, let's talk about these linebackers now. And to do that, we're going to bring in my good brother, Foots the King. The He's in the building. What's good, brother? <laughs> hey, you stole it from me. What's going on, Scott? How you feel? <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm actually excited to talk about these linebackers with you, man, because you were pumped up since last week. Let me tell y'all, Foots hit me up last week. Hey, man, here my linebacker rankings. Here's what we talking about. Let's go, baby. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, Sky. This is a group, and this is um, a position group on this team that I'm. That this is just me personally, right? I'm, I'm very passionate about because, wow. I think that people like the group, Scott, and they should. I, I have a few questions, and that's just me. That's just the film that I've watched. And I've also said to myself, hmm, if I can upgrade, then yeah. I might try to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, we we kind of talk through through text and whatnot about how we both believe this, this linebacker position, this linebacker room, sorry, for the Cowboys is not a, a, a done deal. It's very, it's very much kind of like I was talking about last week, uh, the offensive line being fragile. I think the linebacker room is pretty fragile, quite literally with LVE. We like Damone Clark. He's also coming off of a serious neck issue, so hopefully that's behind him. We don't know what we have in Jabril Cox. He tore his ACL his rookie year, and last year couldn't get on the field, you know, in his first year with the ACL injury. We don't know what we have in Devin Harper. It is a lot of question marks there, but maybe what's kind of making us feel okay is that we got a Dan Quinn and a Michael Parsons. We got a Dan Quinn and a Michael Parsons. And I think that in any, any, anything in the front seven, you trust Dan Quinn developing. And I think that our back for, I mean, think about this guy. I was doing this the other day. Have, have you ever been, can you remember a time that you've been a Cowboys fan that you remembered where your secondary was this good? Your safeties were this mm. good. Where your is, corners were this good. Can yeah, you, can anybody good. in the chat remember? I can't. 
And so now when you talk about every level of the defense, I know people love offense, offense, offense. I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you, if you can have three solid levels of a defense, you're going to play championship football with anybody. I mean, you talk about that San Francisco defense. You talk about two linebackers, Fred Warner and and Dre Greenlaw, who is a cop for one of the players on this list. For me, Greenlaw is. You talk about two studs in the middle of your defense. You already have one of those guys at Michael Parsons, but you use him on the edge. And they had three. Why not? Was it Al? What's his name? Uh, Shazier? Algier? Algier, yeah. Yeah, he's a good player. And then even their safety is a stud. Like, every level of the defense is a tax guy. So what I'm saying is, what if we just had an elite level defense? Because I think that your D-line is there. And with the second year of Sam, um, 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 Sam Williams, Trump boys, Sam Williams, D Law still is D Law, and Demarc uh, and and Michael Parsons playing on the edge. But these linebackers, this is why I was so passionate about this discussion today, Scott, because these linebackers in this class actually do some things that fit the Cowboys to me. I agree, my brother. I agree. Uh, let's go ahead and start with we're going to rank your top five, right? That's what we're going to do. Okay. Here. And as if I can pull it up here, boom, there we go. Uh, all right, your number five guy, Nick Herbig. Very interesting yeah. dude to me because I look at him and I see 20 sacks over the last two seasons. Are we talking about an undersized outside linebacker? Like, What are you seeing with Nick Herbig? So it's something about Wisconsin athletes in the league. They just, they just pan out. They're smart football players. Um, obviously, that's where T.J. Watt came from. And obviously, yep. T.J. Watt's a little bit of a better player. Um, but this guy, you know, he, he grew up actually with Tua. Um, Herbig, to me, is one of those guys that you're projecting him to the middle of your defense with rush and blitz ability. Um, and when I say that, in the league, he's going to be a Mike. Um, in the league, he's going to be a Sam. In the league, he's going to be a will. He's not going to be an S player. I don't see him as like a 3-4 outside stand-up guy just because he doesn't have the ideal length. But the traits are there, and you just see a really good football player. With Herbig, to me, I just saw a guy who's always around the football guy. And that was one of those players that I just said, you know, some of these other players are good. Like, I like Noah Sewell, but I think that Herbig runs a little bit better in space. And so that's why I have him ranked where I have him. So do you think he, he translates? Where do you think he translates uh, for, for the Cowboys? Let's just, let's just talk about the Cowboys. Where do you think he translates for the Cowboys? We're looking at a will linebacker, uh, a, a pass rusher guy. It doesn't feel like a middle linebacker to me. Not Okay, so he's not a Mike, but I see him more as a, a, a will, weak side, run through the ball, and then on passing downs, you bring him down and he can rush. There's another guy later on in the show I want to talk about who can do some of that Russian stuff too. But let's talk about your your number four ranked linebacker in this draft, uh, Diane Henley from Washington State out of Nevada, who is fascinating to me because he's a converted wide receiver to defensive back mm-hmm. to linebacker, and he played six years as a collegiate player, so he's going to be a little bit older. But he finished his career – uh, strong at Nevada, went to Washington State, has some production. 
But what does the tape say to you on Henley? I mean, Sky, remember, we covered him at the Senior Bowl. Yes. So this isn't like a new, and, it, and it's crazy because I think me and Dane have the same rankings, at least our top, and then, and, then it, and then it changes over a little bit. But with Henley, run, run, run. He can run. He can pattern match. He can cover. And this is Dre Greenlaw for your defense. Mm. So if you have a mic, this is your Dre Greenlaw. This is your athlete that can play in space. This is your athlete that when guards are trying to get to your next level on your mic, and he, he's just knifing through there because he's so, he's so fast and athletic. He showed out at the senior bowl, was by hand, hand and above the back linebacker at the senior bowl to me. And the age may concern – go ahead. I'm sorry, Scott. No, 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 no. He showed out. He showed out the combine too. It, hello? The numbers are good, Scott, right? I mean, if you're telling me I'm going to put a four or five athlete on the second level of my defense, what are we talking about? And this is where, Sky, we had the receiver discussion. Some of these players are rated higher than some of these receivers um, yeah, just because I'm I think they're that, better you know? football players. Yeah, I, I just think that they're better football players, and that's okay. You don't draft on receiver. Like, I know people, I mean, you know, assume you don't reach on receiver when you have a player like this staring at you because he, can, again, can help the middle of your defense. And now you have lightning. There were times last year where um, – who's our guy that we got from Minnesota? He, he just – his name is Anthony Barr. Um, he just looks slow. There are times when we when – we, and I know that's because we're, we're spoiled by the speed of this defense, but that's what Dan Quinn wants. That's what Dan Quinn coaches. That's why Micah Parsons, everybody this year is going to chase the next Micah Parsons. But that's the trend that Dan Quinn has started. When the ball spills to the flats, we have guys that can get to the flats now. So now a five-yard gain is a three-yard gain. Henley is that guy because he can run. There and were he, times where Barr just looked a tick slow. There were times yeah. that LVE just looked a tick slow. Yeah, and Henley fits kind of that. It's weird because Dan Quinn threw me for a loop with his linebacker. Uh, criteria, but he fits the kind of older Dan Quinn criteria, where six one, sub two thirty, uber athletic. Uh, I mean, the dude ran four five with a one five ten yard split, thirty five inch vert and ten and a half broad. I mean, if you want to talk about athlete? This guy is a, is, is a supreme athlete, and he fits with Dan Quinn life. So if, if we're talking about kind of going back into that into that Dan Quinn bag, I mean, this is your prototypical guy right here. Yeah, yeah, and, and to me. What, so this is my thing about linebackers, right? And I know that Dallas has certain metrics at receiver. They have certain metrics all over the um, all over the field, right, Sky? But the truth is this. If a guy can play, he needs to be on the field. If a guy has it, like Sean, you can't tell me that Sean Lee wouldn't play in a Dan, a healthy Sean Lee wouldn't play in a Dan Quinn defense because he can play football. So. Yeah. Find me those guys. You know what I mean? And I think the rest will work itself out. Now, this next guy not only has a throwback name, but he's got that throwback size that, again, ironically, Dan Quinn is brought He's brought on. You know, Anthony Barr was a bigger linebacker. LVE, he's brought him back twice as a bigger linebacker. Jack Campbell, 6'5", 250, out of Iowa. A lot of uh, fans' kind of favorite guy here was uber productive in his career in Iowa, man. What, what's the tape say for you for Jack Campbell? 
he looks the part first and foremost. Like yeah. he walks through the door. I mean, the dude is jacked. He looks like a linebacker. Um, I was known for running the ball and playing defense, sound football. One of the interesting things about Iowa and their game is, you know, you watch him play an Ohio State game, he's dropping, and like a Tampa 2 look, he's, he's, he's scanning the middle of the field, he picks off Stroud. So, no, he's not going to run uber fast. No, he's not going – and he didn't run uber fast at the, um, at the combine, excuse me, Sky, but the instincts. He's a guy that in-game he's going to be prepared He's going to know what the other team is doing. He's training with Luke Keekley. Mm. That's a, 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 a red flag in a great way. Like his offseason, he's been with Luke Keekley this whole offseason, which I just found that interesting. Like that's what I want players to understand. Like if you want to get to this league, you need to get around players who have done it at a high level in this league at your position. He's a true Mike. Um, I, I just like him in the middle of my defense, taking on the run. He does a good job stacking and punching against blockers. Probably has the best feel as a Mike, um, and he would come in. And now, if you put him in this defense, maybe you had a discussion about maybe switching to Mal Clark's position. Maybe he's your LVE replacement because we got to remember we're not married to LVE long term. I don't think so. Um, no, you're not married to LVE long term, and I think that he played well last year. But that doesn't mean that you can't upgrade him if the board calls for it. Like all this matters. It depends on what you get when you get to 26. He could possibly be a trade-back option. What if he's hanging around in the second round? You're going to pass on him for an undersized receiver who you don't know is going to get on the field? These are the questions that you have to ask yourself. Where he comes in, he's a day-one starter, um, and you figure the rest out. But I think that if you were, like, how I looked at it is this, guy. Are these players right now better than what I have in the linebacker room? If Micah is not in the line linebacker room, then – yeah, I think that some of these guys are. And it doesn't seem like Michael will be. I think they need to treat LVE like they did Sean Lee on his way out. They were not afraid to draft his replacement, knowing he was an injured guy, hurt guy, and they ended up needing, you know, LVE in his rookie year. Uh, yeah, it's so funny. I look over to the chat, and, and Danny said Campbell's a healthy LVE. I literally was about to say, kind of actually reminds me of LVE. Uh, I don't think Campbell is a thumper. Right. But he, he's, he's more of an instinctual player and he's got that size, uh, that playmaking ability, too. He's got five interceptions in his career. Um, he has the size to be a thumper. But what I, what I watched, I didn't I didn't get thumper. And, and I don't necessarily think you have to be that in today's game all the time, especially if you got a, a, a line up front. Hell, Fred Warner and them boys, they're not they're not these six, five, 260 pound linebackers and they're able to meet guys in the hole. I think Jack Campbell's willing to stick his nose in there. And I think it would be great to have a guy that's willing to stick his nose in there that doesn't have neck injuries, and I got to worry about that. And I'm going to tell you like this, right? Um, Fred Warner coming out of BYU was labeled what, Scott? An undersized Undersized guy, yeah. But what made Fred Warner, what made um, my guy the maniac for the Colts so great was they were extremely instinctual. Yep. People have to remember, it's football at the end of the day. So linebacker is not like DB, yes. I'm, I'm going to take the numbers that you ran at the combine. I'm going to seriously consider that because the truth is I do need a corner that can run. If you're a slow corner, it's tough. It's just like Desmond King. Um, he was a good player, but he, you can't put him on the edge because he can't run. You see what I'm saying? 
When you look at linebacker, if the instincts outweigh the athleticism, then we start to have these questions. I mean, these good questions. And because I mean, again, let's talk about Jalen Smith for a second. Good player. The instincts weren't always there, and and it's not fair to him. He had the injury. He was playing the end at Notre Dame. He was playing all over the field. Cool. But the instincts, I always question, like, Jalen, do you see what they're trying to do? You know, and people will throw tackles at you, but where do these tackles happen, Sky? Are they tackles for loss? Are they one-yard gains? Are you chasing the guy down the field and making a tackle? Yeah, you can have 150 tackles, but if they're not impacting the game in said way, then it doesn't make sense. With Campbell, again, the instincts. You know, he's not a thumper. He's not a banger. Neither was Lil' Keekly, but they just made every play. They were always around the ball. They knew what you were trying to do scheme-wise, especially in the run game. Like Jack Campbell is going to know what teams are trying to do in the run game. He's going to stick and fit. And to me, teams still run the ball in the NFL. So you have to have an answer in the middle of your defense. Like, he, and, and, and I want to say this about Demone Clark. Oh, real quick, real quick, Scott. I want to say this about Demone Clark. I like Demone Clark. I'm not as high on Demone Clark as everybody else. And that's just for um, – I saw at times this was a tick, tick slow. And that's it's year one, but I'm not as high on Damone Clark as everybody else. Let me say that. Well, I think Damone Clark, you have to grade him on a curve. We're talking about a guy who didn't have training camp, who didn't really have practice, who didn't have anything. All he can do is sit there and take mental reps, and then he got thrown in the fire, and I thought he handled himself very well. But I think where you saw yeah. what happened with Damone Clark is is, is the inverse of, of what we're talking about here with the Jack Campbell's Luke Keekley, Sean Lee's of the world where it, the instincts slowed up for him because once LVE went down and, and he had to think a little bit more, you, you saw that. That's why you saw a tick slow. He's not a tick slow. He ain't slow. You know, he, he is extremely athletic. And when he was at LSU, you saw that. I call it that click and read and go type situation. You saw him click, see it, click, go. Um, it's just mm-hmm. going to be, I think for me, when it comes to Damone Clark about playing more and you, I would like to keep him at, at, at will. I, I mean, I think he can play middle linebacker, but I would like to kind of keep him at will, uh, allow the middle linebacker to kind of align him up and he can just see it and go not have to deal with a whole bunch of trash too much, but I, I am high mm-hmm. on Damone Clark. I think the athletic ability is there. I think the, 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 uh, mental IQ, I think that's there. I think the want to, to be great is there. It's all there for Damone. I just think he has to play more. Yeah. And it's year one, so we get we can stay on separate sides. Barely of the year That's one, too, make right? It. Right? Like barely, he, barely he, year one. He played mm-hmm. what, y'all? Ten games, maybe. Something like that. Yeah, and, and, and this isn't a poop on Damone Clark situation. It's just if I have a chance to, I'm not gonna. And I know that's what people. I'm, I'm pretty sure you you have gotten into the tight end. I wasn't on earlier, oh. but I'm pretty sure you've gotten into the woods on tight end. But we got to understand this, y'all. Just because you have a good player or good players at the position, if the Cowboys and Will McClay grade a player a certain way and they feel like he can come in and help and challenge, that's how that's who they're going to draft. Oh yeah. And Will McClay says it all the time. I love you. My job is to replace you. And sometimes what that does too, Scott, inversely is it puts a fire on some of these guys. And it's like, hey, man, this guy was brought in to, to push me. And so that, that's a, it, it, it's all good. It's all good to me. And, and listen, listen here, Scott. If, if DeMond turns into 
that guy, and I think that he's trending in a certain way. It's like you said, his time's too slow for me. Then I gladly eat crow. Gladly. So you didn't like his tape? I thought he had some good. He had some good tape. I mean, he had some struggle games when LVE went out, but I thought you saw some some things there in Demone Clark that you could be excited about moving forward. But not a. But yeah. you're not gonna. You're not going to not draft a guy because of Demone Clark or LVE I was or just, anybody. So that's what I was that, going to ask you. That's what that's it sounds like. Ask you, Sky. That's what it sounds like. You're kind of getting at like, look, I'm not. not I'm not going to not draft Jack Campbell or Henley or any of these guys because of Clark. Nah, what I'm saying is I think Clark can be a part of your stable. You're going to need at least four of these guys, you know, with injuries and, and how they rotate. You're going to need at least four, and I think Clark can be a core four is what I'm getting at. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Now, we talk about athletes, man. Uh, Trenton Simpson oozes athleticism at 6'2", 235. Ran, should he run a 4'4", four, 4'5"? Four, four, I mean, ran a whole lot. Uh, ran a pretty fast time at the combine. It was pretty productive last year. Not not a ton on the ball, but this is a guy you love. I saw you talking about him on Twitter. Let us know about Trent Simpson. So he's a four four three athlete. Four four three. There you God. go. I know it's four four. Um, yeah, he's a four four three athlete, and you saw him play forward a lot at Clemson. So mm-hmm. he obviously was on a star studded defense. Brian Brissett. Um, Murphy, Miles Murphy, um, and, and they even got some, some 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 kids coming out next year. The thing about Simpson is this: biggest boom, biggest bust for sure. Ooh, it's going to be about oh yeah, it's going to be about where he's drafted for me because just like you saw, you know what what happens in the draft, guys. Teams draft these guys and don't have a plan, and it's like hey. He's been a will. Let's make him a Mike. Well, he's never played Mike. He's oh, never no. put good film at playing Mike. Why would you do that? But you know what happens? Teams do that, uh, Sky. And so that's what that's what I wouldn't want. But again, we're talking about Dan Quinn. And so with Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn has a plan. And with a guy like this, this is so you said it right. You said we're going back to. What 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 would Dan Quinn look at measurables wise and say? How could this guy help us? Well, he's fast as hell. He can blitz extremely well. He's a forward playing guy. I think that he can cover because I mean, when you look at the athleticism, he is um, the traits are there, right? Like he could probably be a good safety because of his size. But do you want to overdo it with him? And then now he turns into Isaiah Simmons, somebody who is now. Let's be honest. Like it, when when the when the when the Cardinals drafted Isaiah Simmons, they thought they were drafting Michael Parsons, but they didn't have a plan. The organization is all over the place, and he hasn't been what he was supposed to be in Arizona. Yeah, and he ain't Michael Parsons. So, <laughs> and he ain't Michael Parsons. But the traits, right? I mean, he was a four-three guy, I believe, in the size, but no plan. And he's not Michael Parsons. We're not even gonna. But that's who they thought they were getting. And so with Simpson. Traits through the roof. I mean, four four three athlete, extremely. St- he he actually has good instincts too. It's just everything was playing forward. So I want to see the drops a little bit better. He also had a really good defense, so the tackle numbers could be tricky because the ACC ACC football isn't really what it used to be. Um, and so, but I like this guy. That's why he's my number two player. But he has to be in the right system. Like I love a system like Dallas to where he can just – he's not a mic, 
But if he can just, like, also probably end up being, like, a, an extension of one of your safeties, Sky, you have that already, but it, he's just my number three rated player. He's not my number two rated player just because of the traits are just so – they're just out – they're just through the roof. They but really are. Is there questions, though, how well he sees the, he, he can see the game at the next level? Or, or is this his athleticism is too much that you just figure that out when you get here? Because that's kind of the sense I'm getting when it comes to Simpson is, you know, is he going to be able to see the game from a traditional linebacker standpoint well enough early? So if you remember Jeremiah, uh, remember Jeremiah, oh, I'm not even going to try to say his last name. He was tied to Dallas a lot when the, when the, when the Browns ended up drafting him. Oh, J.O.K.? Same type of player. Oh, Wusu yep, Kamara? J-O-K. Sheep. Yep. And say, I know. <laughs> J.O.K. was... Say, say, woof. I don't know, man. I, I it, felt like he was... I think he was better than Trent Simpson, but... Oh. Well, and he probably is, especially his year one with Cleveland was... Well, was I mean, good. I mean in Notre Dame. I thought he was an absolute game wrecker. But nonetheless, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. But if you look at the the same, the build, the athletic right. the traits, I guess what you're getting at, yo. All all type, the same type of stuff. But Cleveland also let him do that type of stuff in Cleveland, especially year one. Yeah, let him blitz, let him cover. Didn't ask him to make you know sit in the middle of the defense and read and react. He just let him be an athlete. If you draft him, you let him do that. Um, and I think that he would be a good player. Like he he he's been mocked to Dallas and he's been tied to Dallas, so he's somebody that we need to keep an eye on. Yeah, he again. I just wonder, you know, when they bring in a guy like Trent Simpson, is Dan Quinn looking to kind of play both sides of the fence here? When I say both sides of the fence, okay, yeah, we got our traditional kind of big middle linebacker guy, but we also want to bring in that athlete opposite of him. They tried to bring down Keanu Neal to be the athlete, didn't work out. Um, they, they, they got, I think they got Anthony Barr because they looked at the linebacker room. They knew they were going to move Micah down, but they needed somebody out there. They could trust next to LVE, but you lose that athleticism, right? Maybe Dan Quinn is trying Mm -hmm. to recapture that athleticism opposite of their backer. If I had to guess, it feels like he has a plan. It feels like he wants to go into this thing. Okay. Give me kind of that, that instinctual middle linebacker that can be the quarterback control things. And I'm allow my athletes to run around them. Uh, regards to say a Damone Clark or a Simpson if he gets here, or or a Henley if they move him out there as well. But that's kind of the feel I'm getting when you see the guys that they're bringing in. No, I completely agree. And you know, with 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 Simpson, like that's why I said the boom and the bust because he goes to the wrong place and you don't have a plan for him. He can end up being like I can see him play, being like Landon Collins because they're, they're kind of like the same type of player. Landon had a good run with the Giants, but it wasn't, yeah. like, you know, super, super impactful. Um, and that, and then he tried to, like, switch back to linebacker and all this and then safety. And so you just have to have a, a, a plan. Like, if you're going to put weight on him, cool. If you're going to keep him slim and let him run around, cool. Just have a, 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 a plan for the player. We got our guy Foots the King, NFL draft analyst on the phone, giving us this fantastic breakdown of these linebackers. And this next guy is – your guy, Foots. Like, this is your boy right yeah. here. And I'm a big fan of this player as well. But Drew Sanders, ladies and gentlemen, take it away, Foots. So I've had Drew. You know that I've had him as my guy for a while, Scott. So um, this isn't me. Uh, this isn't like I'm not new. Um, no. I've done breakdowns on him on Twitter. 
Um, most people don't know this, but he was actually at Alabama. He was a former five-star recruit, um, transferred to Arkansas this year, played one year as an off-ball linebacker. You know, he was a DN. When he gets downhill and he rushes the quarterback, even as an off, even as an off-ball backer, it's exceptional, Sky. He finishes. Um, he punishes running backs. Like when running backs step up to try to block him, he steps on their face. He's just that physical. Um, the athlete in him, his size, right? So the six-four-two thirty is it, it, just it, he. He'll he, you can see that he'll be able to fill into that frame more. Yeah, you could probably get him to two fifty, and he'll be able to still move. Four six four is fast enough. Um, the two the twenty yard split was really good. Two six eight ten yard split was outstanding, and then the three cone was really was so what the three cone the seven one eight three cone was like okay, yeah he wanted in. You know what I'm saying? Like everything that I see on on film is 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 real. The thing that I like most about Drew Sanders is no matter the score because Arkansas was. They they were out of some games. Alabama game they were out of. Two games they were out of. He's still flying around. I thought South Carolina was some of his best tape. Um, you saw him in coverage. You saw him blitz. You saw him coming off the edge. Like you literally saw him lining up at like three positions, Sky, and he just looked amazing against Spencer Rattler and them boys. Um, I thought the Alabama tape was good. I thought that him against Devin A. Chain wasn't bad. Now there were a few reps against A. Chain. Well, yes, A-Chain ran past him because A-Chain is just that electric. But, yeah, yeah, running back to uh, Texas ain't it. But for me, Sky, I mean, I could write a book about this guy. Um, I I just love the player. I think that he's really going to make his money. The instinct. So he doesn't have Jack Campbell instincts, but he's a better athlete than Jack Campbell by far. And and a better better blister because, I mean, let's be honest, he played defensive end, just couldn't get on the field at Alabama. So he transfers. And he makes his money. He's going to the NFL, and he'll be a, a one-two easily. It, if I had to guess, I think this is the linebacker that uh, Dan Quinn loves. I feel like this is a guy that Dan. You, you remember when we watched LVE blitz, and we were like, "What yeah. is this?" Or we watch him line up at defense end, and 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 they would actually rush him, and we're like, "What is this?" Imagine doing that with a guy that can actually blitz and rush the passer, but it's still developing kind of as that, that middle linebacker. I think he has the the instincts and the, the IQ ability to morph into your quarterback in the middle of that defense. Uh, this is a smart kid, smart player, and like you said, he's super athletic, obviously super productive too at Arkansas, but I can see him kind of being another chess piece for Dan Quinn. Quinn loves versatility, y'all. He loves it. Look at the guys he brings in and look how he uses them. Drew Sanders, it maybe he doesn't replace, you know, LVE right now, but I think he would he would push for sure at some point as long as he gets the trust of Dan Quinn. And now you got a guy like Drew Sanders who you just never know what is going to happen with him when he's on the field. Same thing with Michael Parsons. And that's that's what people have to realize. Like you're not asking Drew Sanders to come in and be the savior of the defense. No, 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 you're asking need him to be. You said you said a chess piece. P- people who play chess understand you got to use that rook in certain ways. You got to use that knight in certain ways. Michael Parsons is your do it all chess piece, and he is. So you know when you talk about a defensive game plan, hey, guess what? 
you know, teams are going in saying, we're going to roll protection to wherever 11 is. He's earned that respect. Well, hey, if you have Drew Sanders matched up on a lesser guard on a third down situation, he's coming like he can blitz. Yeah, well, just a like, rep right here yeah. where you see him blitz. He he stacks, he sheds, and he, and, he, and he uses his hands like a pass rusher because he has that instinct. Mm. You love it. That's good, Scott. Look at look at Sky. Got the all twenty two. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is this is what this is this is what you get on this channel. Look at Sky. I mean, come on, what are we talking about? Why would you go anywhere else? And but in all seriousness though, y'all, like, I know we want an offensive player early. But this is like if you have a chance and this is where, like, yes, we do the research and we, we get the numbers and we get the testing, but you gotta you gotta trust the film. Look at his hips. You shouldn't be his hips. He can turn and run Absolutely. on a dot. That's yeah. why the three cone was. Yeah, the hips aren't stiff. That was one of the questions that I had about LVE coming out. Kind of tight, tight. Oh ass, yeah, this is not a stiff ass. player at all. No. And, and, and that's big. So you know, to me, like I said, I could write a book about 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 Drew Sanders and Scott. And one of the more important things is we go back to the first thing that we said. Why not make every level of our defense elite? Have you had elite safety play like this? No, you have not. Have you had elite DBs? You have two elite DBs. I don't care what people say about Gilly. Gilly is still an elite corner. Trust me on that. D defensive line, it, it may not be elite, but it's really good. The middle of the defense is probably what scares me the most. But yeah. outside of that, like, yeah, why the, not make it elite? It's the biggest question mark on your defense is, is the middle. Uh, and really, the, the drawback for Drew Sanders, right, where he needs to get better at would, would be the missed tackle rate. He had a pretty high missed tackle rate, I uh, believe, of, of the qualifying guys in the draft. He was last, actually, uh, 19.6. You don't want to see that type of number. So uh, he's just got to he got to shore that up a little bit. But he, he is not for a lack of trying. You know, he's shooting gaps. He's trying to get back there in the backfield. A ton of tackles for loss, obviously, the sacks included. Um, but, you know, that's one thing that Drew has to clean up. None of these guys are finished products, but I do I do think the ceiling of Drew Sanders may be one of the highest uh, of all defenders. Of all the defenders, Scott, and it's one of those things to where it's like, hey, how did TJ Watt, and I know Cowboys fans don't want to hear this, but he, what, what was he doing in the back of the draft, and how did he become a perennial pro bowler? Well, he went to a team that has an emphasis on defense with a really good defensive coordinator. Well, what does that sound like with Dallas? So I'm just saying, like, you know, what happens is at the position groups, Sky, that aren't must-draft position groups, DN, left tackle, you know, we talked about it last show, you end up getting the best player at the back of the draft at the other position groups, linebacker, tight end, center, guard maybe, and that's how you make your team elite by just saying, hey, I know we have a need here, but if the best player is here and we have him graded as such, we also got to think about that Arkansas connection, Jerry Jones, Arkansas. <laughs> just saying. It, so, it's, it's funny because yeah. Jerry Jones and the Arkansas thing, you would think he'd draft more Arkansas yeah. kids, but he really doesn't for whatever reason. He really doesn't. No, he doesn't. But Now, he did draft his guy last year. He drafted Big Country and Felix, but there wasn't a whole lot of Arkansas guys. Yeah, he probably should have uh, gone to big country and ended up playing well, good football. Yeah, that was a I – don't, I don't understand the 
I don't understand that whole situation. We're going to keep Dak on on the roster, but not play him for eight for six weeks. Really weird. Um, so we got your top five: Drew Sanders, number one; Trenton Simpson, number two; Jack Campbell, number three; uh, Diane Henley, number four; Nick Herbig, number five. Is there any kind of just Mister Cut guys to, to keep your eye on here? Um. So I like Toto from Alabama. Toa Toa. Um. He's not bad. One of my favorite players that I had actually been following since high school is um is a uh, is uh I like Ivan Pace, but I'm not super high on him. I'm really I'm really high on Noah Sewell, but he can only play in the middle just because the uh the the, the hips and the runability it just isn't great. Um, I, I like Sewell. He's a physical kid. Um, like I said, been following him since high school. The brother Penay Sewell. He's one of my favorites as well. Um. But after that, it, it, it it's okay. Um, I like, like I said, I, I'm okay on Ivan Pace, but I've also seen a lot of reps where he just it, the athleticism kind of scares me. I know a lot of people are high on Overstone. Yeah. I'm okay on Overstone. He's he's cool, but it, I have a three four on him. A lot of people have him in the second. I have a three four on Overstone. So the, the the five who I gave you is who I'm like really targeting. I like Dorian Williams as well. Not a bad player. But if I had to go to the next player that I really like, it's probably Sewell. Um, you know, he was at that Oregon defense with um, Baby Man, Dustin Flo. So, but you know, th- those are my those are my those are my heavy hitters right there, Scott. Yeah, those top five. All right, man. Great yeah. stuff as always, bro. Appreciate you. Now, this was one man. of those ones, man, for sure. Oh, I, I knew I knew you was gonna be feeling this one, man. But before I let you go, I do gotta ask yeah. you about one more position, man. Um, how about them Lakers, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, yeah. done with you, Scott. I see you taking shots on Twitter, fam. I see you load the clip taking shots at a Lake show. I don't like it. Hey, Scott, but you know what's crazy? A lot of people don't know I'm a Kings fan, so it's a lot of no, built-up hate there. I did not know that. Big shot, Ori. I, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I got a lot of family in Sacramento, and so... Um, and I was actually born there, and then we moved to the East Coast. So yeah. that, and I'm, I mean, I'm talking about Jay Will, Chris Weber, you know, Bobby Doug Jackson. Christie, those are my Asia. guys. Doug Christie, yeah. Page, who actually, his son is really good, and they've, like, the Kings have really kind of turned it around. But the Lakers look like they're gonna beat Memphis. So, yeah. I like what y'all doing right now against Golden State. I, I usually root for greatness. You know, I, I, I would love to see the, the Golden State Warriors get five if it ain't going to be my boys. But uh, y- your King's been scrappy all year, and I like I like Fox, man. So it looked like y'all got Fox yeah. has been yeah. him. Yes, he has. Yeah, and it's, it's, good. it's good, to see, uh, good to see Fox getting the pub he deserves. He's been doing it all year with the clutch buckets and all that. So Yeah, I ain't going to lie to you. I, I actually wanted him. I didn't. I didn't want Lonzo, but yeah. See, yeah, you know, you know what you know, especially when they went. I don't know if you remember. I know people like why are they talking NBA, but they went head to head and De'Aaron Fox. I remember when Kentucky played UCLA and he just took it to him. Um, he had like thirty eight in that game against UCLA, and Lonzo just couldn't as, stay in front of him. As the kids say, he got that dog in him. No, Fox got. He's him. He got and Monk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. not nah, for sure. Hey, Foots, man, look, bro, always appreciate you coming on. We got one more of these, one more, and then the damn draft is finally here. You know what we should do? So they, so they, what's that, guy? We should do a mock draft live for the folks, man. 
You want to do one? We should do one live. I got to figure out a way. Because I don't normally do a bunch of them, Foots. I, I, do, I do one with the people, you know, on live. We might have to. We might have to figure out, figure out a way to do that. Let's let's let's, let's do that, Scott. Let's do it. I think Maybe the fans week. deserve it because these week. these are the fans who who hang in there with us, man. Yeah. And these aren't the fair weather folks. So let's figure that out, Scott. I would love to, even if we got to pre-record it, whatever we got to do, right. I know it could be timely. Let let's figure that out. And and again, day of they get to see me and you in a suit. So let's do it. <laughs> oh wait, 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 wait! You suiting up this uh, next Thursday? I might. They they might get that. We'll, we'll hey, see. yo. Y'all, see, now I'm about to go out there, maybe put on my blazer, get the tie, step inside the booth, Superman's alive. All right, bro, look, appreciate you coming through. Uh, let them know where they can find you, of course, and all your great work. Hey, ask for the king everywhere, y'all. Um, this journey has been great to y'all. I believe we're a little less than a week. Well, um, a little over a week away. It's going to come quick. A week. Um, I know people are, uh, are, are tight in this that, and the third just be careful don't get married to anybody because you never know what's gonna happen yep and and listen we have a full draft not just one pick so yep well stated first the king ladies and gentlemen peace appreciate peace, you baby. Peace, peace. My guy first the king breaking down the linebackers fantastic as always man I would be I'd be excited if they got a Drew Sanders no offense to, to LVE, but I've been trying to upgrade from LVE for quite some time. And I think I think Drew has a potential to do that. You know? uh, I, Jack Campbell. I'll be good with Jack, too. You know, any, any one of those dudes. Hell, last year, I was a guy. Uh, who was a Wyoming kid? Went to Jacksonville. Uh, escaping Chad Muma. I was a huge Chad Muma fan. Same instincts. Very underrated athlete. You know, I, I wanted Chad Muma on this team. Think he? I think if Chad Muma was here, you wouldn't have re-signed LV. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. But I felt like we needed to talk about these linebackers because this position is a very underrated need for the Cowboys, man. Couple minutes. Uh, we're going to hear from our guy Brian over at the Cochran Firm. But before we do that, let's take a little quick break. Uh, kind of reset here. We'll get maybe a couple callers after that, and uh, we'll close the show out. But before we do that. Got to talk to y'all about Boston Scientific. ED can affect your self-esteem and impact your most important relationships. And if you've tried pills or any other type of potential solution that did not work, there is hope. Take a free online assessment that you can share with your doctor. Click the ad in the description to learn more. There is a permanent satisfying solution to treat ED. So go to edcure.org, get the facts, and find a urologist in your area who can offer treatments when others do not work. Again, that's edcure.org, brought to you by Boston Scientific. Say it with me, Cowboys Nation. It ain't hard, but you can be. You're listening to A to Z Sports. Do it live! At some point, hoping to broadcast in front of the million of Cowboys fans to bring you the real... But for now, strap up and here's your host, Skywalker Steel. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. We'll do it live. I'm here to rescue you, man. It's that simple. And if you're ever in need of rescuing, if you get caught up out there in these streets, if you got a case that you need help with, 
my guy Brian over at the Cocker Firm can rescue you as well. What's good, B? <laughs> Let's get B up in here. There you go. What's good, B? Hey, Will, how are you today? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good to talk to you again. This is uh this has got to be one of your favorite times of the year, huh? Uh, look, next week, yeah, you know, but but this particular yeah, yeah, I mean. week I mean, is dragging, man. It's dragging. I'm ready for this draft. Come on, it, it's the lead up to the draft. That's all we're talking about. Now. That is all we're talking about. But you know, I, I think the most exciting part will be once you know who you have, right? Who the Cowboys select, and we can kind of dive in and tear back all the layers of those specific players, as opposed to the speculation of. 250 or 70 out on it. It's a bit overwhelming at some point, Brian. I'm just ready to see who the Cowboys get, man. <laughs> well, well, you got another 10 days to wait for that. I know. I know. So we're, we're, we're trying our best here, man. And today we talked about backers and last week it was tight ends and, you know, we, we're doing the best we can to, to deal with this. But uh, how are you? How are everything uh, going over there at the uh, Cochran firm? Uh, we're we're good. Well, uh, we're blessed and uh, just excited to be able to um, help out people, you know, in their time of need. And um, you know, it was uh, I was listening to Foots the uh, what is it? Foots the King. Foots the King. Yep, yep. We call him Foots. Foots the King or Foots. Yeah. There you go. Uh, interesting, interesting stuff on linebackers. I mean, I guess the threshold question is if Dallas going to draft for offense or defense, right? Yep. Yep. I mean, I mean that's and, and usually the two positions or, or the two units, but I think the Cowboys right now they're shored up defensively for the most part from a starting standpoint. But do you want to add to that, or do you want to fill a need on offense? Is kind of where the, the debate is. Right. I mean, looks looks like most mock drafts though that I'm reading about have Dallas taking a defensive player, um, and. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's that's where Jerry and Steven's head is right now. You know, they love to draft the offensive guys. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and if the one specific player is there at 26 out of Texas, they're running to the podium. I, I don't know, Will. I don't I don't see Bijan uh, dropping that low. Most drafts I've seen him, he gets in there between 10 and 15 yeah. at the lowest. What are you seeing? I don't think he'll he'll be there either. Uh, but if he, I'm just saying if he is. I don't. I don't think they'll hesitate to take them for so many different reasons. But yeah, how how close do you think they need to get in order to to get interested in a, in in trading up? Ah. If, he's, if he's like, <laughs> ah. if he's if he's in the if he's in the you know fifteen to twenty range, uh, you know he's tempted. Jerry's tempted. Yeah, it would have to be, I would say, 18. Once they get to 18, if he gets to 18, Jerry mm-hmm. probably in that room looking looking to the side like, uh, um, <laughs> hey, uh, um, yeah, yeah, see who's dropping, right? So, yeah, I think about 18. And if he gets into the 20s, they're going to have to tackle Jerry Jones and not pick up that phone. Well, that's what they did. They're going to distract Jerry, bro. Johnny they, football. Exactly. This is what they're going to do. They're going to tell Jerry, hey, look, man, the Jonas Brothers said they want to come and uh, perform at Thanksgiving again. You want to go take that call in the other room? And next thing you know, when the Cowboys are going to draft Steve Avila. No. And, and, and B. John Robinson is still on the board. No, they have to, they're going to have to dangle Taylor Swift in order to get him off of that 
<laughs> Good point. Good point. He seems like a Swift. I mean, you know, one of the one of the drafts though I've seen, uh, you know, you know, I'm a Bama guy. Uh, is uh, you know who Jameer Gibbs is, right? The uh, transfer yeah. from Georgia Tech last year. Who he's got a lot of uh, potential, but I don't see him in the first round though. I don't. I see him potentially, you know, maybe high second round. Yeah, we did a project a couple weeks ago. Not really a project, but some some digging where lately these running backs have been taken. A lot of guys have been taken that very very late first round and then the second round. I think Gibbs is probably going to fall in that unless the one team every year that surprises me sometimes is the Chiefs, right? And I know I'm just throwing out a random team, but and I get right. it. They, they, they took a guy in the first round, didn't work out in Clyde. But I don't think Clyde is Gibbs. I think I think, and I know they got Pacheco, but they like to run a committee. And Jarek McKinnon is not there. And I think Gibbs and Pacheco will be an absolute disgusting duo to have back there because uh, you're uh, now you got McKinnon on steroids, and you still got Pacheco that can run like he's being chased by a pit bull. So that's a sneaky team in round in round one for Gibbs. I think. Another uh, player that I've seen, I'm surprised he seems to be dropping in some of the mock drafts is uh, Quentin Johnson. What are you hearing there? Yeah, somebody dropped something on Twitter uh, where they kind of had rankings from all different outlets of Quentin Johnson, and it was everywhere. You had some guys who had him as wide receiver one. You had some guys who had him as wide receiver five. You had another guy who might have him as wide receiver two. Another one who had him falling out the first round. So he's just kind of a big mystery um, if I had to guess, though, I think he, he'll still be taken in the first round because I think you're going to get at least two or three receivers and, and he could potentially be one. And uh, But I do agree that there's probably a second-round grade on a lot of these guys, but they'll probably be taken in round one because that's just how it goes. The league is driven through the air, and, and they don't want to take a risk of some of these guys not being there in the second round. Well, one of the ESPN mock drafts I was looking at this morning actually has Quentin going to uh, Dallas at twenty six. Yeah, we saw that. Yeah. Uh, I know we got I know we got Brandon, but uh, I mean, surely Jerry would salivate at that option, right? So, I mean, who's on the board? That's the thing, right? Like, who who's on the board? Yeah. I don't view wide receiver in round one. Um, it's a super luxury to me. Put it that way. Now, if if a guy that they have ranked high falls to them and they take him, fine, right? But but I think you can line up for the next couple of years and you're good to go at the receiver position. If they were to take a Johnston, I think that's more of a hey, we don't trust Michael Gallup to be to get back to Michael Gallup for the long run, and I feel like he'd be an ex replacement of the future. Hmm. Well, well, we'll know soon enough. And you guys are uh, coming to do a. Uh, live show on Friday morning at, yes. at the firm right here. Yes, indeed. We'll be back at the firm on Friday. Can't wait to come down there, man. Uh, I think I think it's kind of cool you guys have a podcast room down there, so it's easy to set up, get a chance <laughs> to, to to link up with you, Larry, and a, and a tremendous staff down there at the Cochran Firm. Well, we, we, we look forward to you guys coming over on Friday morning. Hell, in three days, and who knows, we may know a lot more about uh, what Cowboys are thinking as far as the draft goes and uh, look forward to hosting you guys. So, uh, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the firm and everything that we got going on Friday. Just wanted to call in though uh, and say hi and, and uh, tell you that we're uh, looking forward to hosting y'all. Hey man, appreciate you calling in B. Can't wait to uh, come down there Friday morning and uh, kick it with you. Sounds good. All right. You guys take care. Do as well, man. Salute. That is Brian Pope out of the Cochran firm. Him and Larry been 
holding it down over there since 05, man. And uh, can't wait to go back. I always enjoy my time with those two. Definitely the other one, you know, because Larry's a was a Washington fan. I don't know. I got to talk to Larry about that because Washington is selling and, and he's kind of not a Washington fan as long as Dan Snyder's the owner. But now he's kind of not the owner. I don't know what's going on over there. But uh, look forward to being down there. So, hey, look. If you guys need any assistance, seriously, though, like I said, make sure you hit up the Cochran Firm, 1-800-THE-FIRM, or visit them at CochranTexas.com. And uh, we'll, maybe we'll bring Brian on physically again, as I like to call him, Better Call Saul, and he can explain more about the Cochran Firm to you on Friday. All right, we are rolling. You would think I'd have a producer in my ear. and we Nope, nope, we rolling, man. We, we, we got foots in here. We broke down these linebackers. We got the roundup which was a good one. We got B that called in. And of course we got the bomb squad Bomb squad holding it down here in the chat. Uh, we got a few more minutes. If you guys want to call in, you can 351-999-3787 before we wrap up and head out for the day. Let's uh, get into the chat. See what y'all talking about. Oh, toxic. T-Dub said, I want a DK Metcalf kind of wide receiver to play on the outside. T-Dub, I can get down with that. Yeah, I can get down with that. Ghostface said, more surgery for Gallup. I need more insurance at receiver. Fair, right? And, and that's the thing about receiver in round one. I'm kind of okay with them not taking it. I feel like the Mingos of the world, Tillman's, I feel like I can get me kind of an X type of receiver a little bit later to, to mold, plus the potential that's still on the roster. But I'm not I'm not ready to just be all in with Michael Gallup, y'all. I'm not. He, he, he definitely struggled last year coming off his injury. Clearly, his knee was still banged up. And let's talk about the injury history. We're talking about a guy who's been a hurt guy. He was a hurt guy before he got signed, which was always mind-boggling to me. When Jerry comes out and talks about availability, when the guy you just signed in five years just came off of a season where he wasn't available. And then before that, had a bunch of injuries that nicked him up for practice or missed a game or two. So Michael Gallup is 100% a hurt guy. I hope that changes. But the odds of that happening, you know, of him just miraculously not being that, pretty slim, man. Pretty slim. Uh, appreciate you, Marcus. So proud of you. <laughs> he says, dreams, man, it's destined for you. Continue to enjoy your flowers. The reason why I laugh, not because of what you said, Marcus, but, you know, me and Vach yesterday couldn't figure out your 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 fantastic quote, I'm pretty sure, was much deeper. So deep that it went right over our heads. But you always drop good stuff. You always drop words of encouragement. Thank you, my man. Professor Rose says, eight of Dak's picks last year were targets to Gallup or Noah. Just saying. Just saying. Grande Poppy says, Darnell Washington, please. Or do y'all want me to say it like law? I can't say it like law. I think Darnell Washington, like we talked about earlier in the show, he is a contingency plan. That's why they brought him in here, right? Um, when I say brought him in, I mean 30, 30 visits. I think he's a contingency plan for the Cowboys. There you go, Swain. Darnell Washington. Maybe we maybe we draft Darnell Washington just for law. Uh, I'm trying to get to some supers. I saw Damone just drop one. I want to make sure I didn't miss any. 
today or yesterday? I did not. Appreciate you. Demont, dropping the super chat. Super chat. For today. Nick said, yes, he's hurt often. Need to bring in another vet receiver to help out. Our wide receivers must be disciplined on routes. I was listening to my guy, Pat Walker, and, and Talking Cowboys, and they had a conversation about T.Y. Hilton. I'm not sure. If, I can't remember if they were for T.Y. or not for T.Y. I can't remember, but I don't know if T.Y. Hilton would be for returning because at this point, T.Y. would know I'm coming in here essentially to be wide receiver for. I think last year he came in here thinking, look, Michael Gallup, he ain't he ain't ready yet. Noah Brown, come on now. Ain't no Jalen Tobert. I feel like T.Y. came in here knowing he could play a little bit and help these young guys. But would T.Y. be willing to come back Go through training camp, all to be wide receiver four. I don't know. And honestly, Nick, if I'm looking at a veteran receiver, that's kind of that's kind of the type I'm looking for. Cheap guy can help these young bucks in that room kind of learn to be who they are. I, I do think that is now. Now they got Cooks now, so Cooks is going to help out. CD Lamb a lot in that aspect. You know, losing TY, I think, hurt that room a little bit in regards to, you know, a leader, a big brother type, but Cooks is here now. So Cooks can kind of replenish that. But I think the hope is Jalen Tober takes the next step, right? The hope is Michael Gallup takes the next step. But I'm with you. I think in others in the chat that said, I don't know, man, I need some insurance. I think they'll get that insurance in the draft. I think they will draft a top 100 wide receiver. Oh, I like Jarvis Landry. I like Jarvis Landry because Jarvis Landry can be a slot guy, but T-Dub says something right there, and as you did too, Nick, kind of a big physical guy I would like to have in case that Michael Gallup thing don't work out. Well, this is some breaking news worthy, worthy of talking about here. Professor O., Fantastic news, by the way, to end the show here. Close that. Per Professor O, per Bill's general manager, Brandon Bean, DeMar Hamlin has been fully cleared by three specialists and is working out and preparing to play. That is fantastic to hear. Fantastic to hear. That was a, a unprecedented situation that happened last season. And weren't sure if, if DeMar Hamlin was going to be able to participate in the game anymore. A game he loved, grew up playing, and helped support his family. But looks like he's cleared, and, and that's great news, man. He's from Pittsburgh, got lots of family in Pittsburgh, very familiar with Pittsburgh. I know they're celebrating up there. His foundation is is uh, in Pittsburgh. And maybe I'll reach out to some folk up there and uh, – Talk to him about that, but that's that's big news. So salute to Demar and rooting for him. Rooting for him. I think they need to make some type of doc on that situation because what was it the the next game that the Bills played? They took back not one kickoff because they took the back the opening kickoff, but two kickoff returns in the same game with Demar Hamlin up there watching. Just just great stuff, man. Absolute great stuff. All right. With that said, 
Perfect timing. Ending at 10 on the nose. If y'all enjoyed today's show, make sure I hit that like button, man, and subscribe. If you're kind of new here and you're figuring out why I cannot comment, it's because you have to be a subscriber to this channel. Only if you feel what we do here. I ain't telling you to, to do it out of the whole YouTube situation. Do it if you like what you see. Uh, later, we'll be on Vacha's show. And then our guy, Mo, Mauricio Rodriguez, will be back on for A to Z Sports Prime Time. You can check out his work and all the fantastic writers' work at a to Z Sports Dallas.com. Uh, got the new website going. Hopefully, they're working on the app. I'm trying to get them to get that app here. And uh, yeah. So it doesn't end here with today's show for A to Z Sports. Keep it going, man. Hit me up on Twitter. Those mock drafts. I'm thinking about doing it tomorrow. I'm going to see what happens here in the wire. But I'm thinking about maybe switching it up and, and, and taking a look at some of you guys' mock drafts that I've got via email. I've got them in my DMs. Um, and maybe we'll have some fun with that. And then maybe Friday we'll do Dame Bruglers. I can combine it. I don't know. But we'll see how this goes. I'm just ready for next week, man. With that said, I'm going to press this dang on button and get up out of here. Appreciate y'all. Even the Philly fans cheer. Take a lot for them to cheer. I did not see the new helmets, James. Preventing the concussions. I saw the helmets down at camp and they were weird, but if it worked, it worked. I don't know. We out of here. Love you.